Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Mac Maloney with us has written more than 50 novels that include military thrillers, science fiction, historical fiction. He's written several nonfiction books, including UFOs in Wartime, Beyond Area 51, and Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Mac created the long-running Wingman series and is the host of the Mac Maloney's Military X-Files, which is a weekly podcast and has worked as a consultant to the U.S. government on anti-terrorist programs as well. Mac, welcome back to the show. Hi, George. How are you? I'm fine. How have you, how have you been? Uh, pretty good. No complaints. How did you get involved working on anti-terrorist programs? How did that happen for you? Um, well, a friend of mine uh, works in that area, and um, they had a program going where, believe it or not, they wanted to um, take in some... Uh, uh, fiction writers to, um, I have to choose my words carefully here, to um, create scenarios that intelligence agencies would then um, kind of um, program and then kind of carry out in, in, a, in a room. Uh-huh. How else to, uh, to, to say it? To put that, that's right. Uh, was it fascinating for you? It was great. Uh-huh. I mean, it was. Uh, I was working in a place a very high security place, and um, the people that I was working with, you know, have been in the business for a long time, and um, we just kind of wrote plot lines for these agents to train in and to train with, and we could kind of watch for this kind of match going between the agents and the quote-unquote terrorists. We could see it on a big screen and see who's winning and so on. So, yeah, it was fascinating, to say the least. Lots of things going on these days, Mac. I want to talk about your book, Haunted Universe, as well, but get your reaction to the uh, government's report on UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Do you think we're ever going to get to the bottom of this? It's a good question. I mean, I hope so, but um, it has, it would have to go in a completely different direction, and which, and what that is is I think you have to... Uh, turn it over to the scientists and have them do scientific studies of uh, of UFOs and instead of leaving it up to, let's say, government agencies. Um, I think that's the only way you're going to really kind of prove it. Whether it happens in America or China or India, you know, that's up for grabs. But um, I think that um, until there's scientific proof and data, um, I don't think we will get to the bottom of it. And, of course, they didn't admit that uh, UFOs are real, but they didn't negate it either. It's just, it's kind of frustrating, isn't it? Well, yeah, but, you know, not surprising, really. Um, you know, they're in this position, they, you know, being the basically the U.S. military are in this position of uh, not having to say, we don't know what these things are. Finally, now they have come out and said, well, we don't know what they are. But that's been... Um, I mean, that's how it's been all along. The last thing they want to do is publicize that. But, you know, because of this this bill that this uh, thing was attached to, they had to come out with something. So they came out with six pages of really nothing. Do you think they really know something? No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think, I, I don't, I know that the U.S. military does not know what UFOs are. They have plenty of evidence that they exist, as we have seen, but they've had evidence going back to World War II. Um, they've just ha- ha- never come forward and say, said, uh, well, you know, okay, we agree that they actually um, exist. In your book, Macabaloni's Haunted Universe, you touch on a lot of subjects, including 
Where's the best place in the United States to see a UFO? Oh, man, well, there's, there's, a, there's a bunch of them, but there's a place in Minnesota, Elk River, that um, for whatever reason, more UFOs are seen there, let's say, per, you know, per capita than any other place in the United States. And uh, not only do people see, you know, what you would call uh, typical UFOs, saucer shape and so on, but they see things that uh, look like Boeing 747s, um, just different shapes, sizes, really crazy stuff. How did you get these incredible stories for Haunted Universe? Well, I'll tell you, it goes back a while. I mean, I've been, um, when I was researching my other books, I would come across uh, a lot of, um, you know, let's say data that, you know, wouldn't necessarily have, it wouldn't necessarily fit in the first two books that I did, nonfiction books. So um, I, I would just put the stuff aside. And I'd actually been doing that, you know, all my life. I worked in the newspaper. That was my job to kind of take the odd stories and put them aside. And I used to make copies, bring them home. So I had you know, boxes of this stuff and um, just, you know, had the uh, offer to put it into a book, and that's what we did. I love the cover. Who did the sketch of the alien? You know, I, I wish I knew. Um, I don't know his name, but it, everyone comments on the cover. The cover is really... It, it, it catches you. a really good cover. Yeah, it does. It snaps right out mm-hmm. and picks you up. Of all the things that you've investigated in terms of the haunted universe, what would you say is one of the most strangest? Wow, that's... Because there are a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Um, uh, just, just for, just strange. Uh, in World War II, there was a battle at towards the end of, uh, excuse me, World War One. There was a battle um, that went on for five months between uh, German forces on one side, British forces on the other, and it was in this part of Belgium that you know it got an unusual amount of rain. That rain, combined with the bombs blowing up and everything, uh, made mud that in some cases was, you know, 10, 10 feet deep. And, um, but the soldiers had a battle, you know, back and forth across this mud. So anyway, in the battle itself, 400,000 uh, soldiers were killed. 100,000 of them were never seen again. They, they died by sinking into the mud. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And, um, and even now people say, you know, people don't want to go near the area. They hear all kinds of strange noises and stuff coming from there at night. So, that's pretty strange. It's you're almost like a bizarre Ripley's Believe It or Not, aren't you? Well, I, I grew up reading Ripley's Believe It or Not. You know, I love that stuff. Yeah. And, um, so as I said, when I had a chance to put together a book like this, you know, that's kind of the format that I took. By the way, the alien doesn't look too friendly. No, no, there's not a smiley face on the alien. No, which I think it's kind of cool. Now, do you think that's real too? That uh, what is some of them what? can be that. Uh, Evil-looking? Well, you know, how, how will we know? You know, um, there is one thing, though, i got to say that when I was um, researching UFOs in wartime, my other book, um, you know, and that's, that's like 250 stories of UFOs and military encounters, and I think there is actually three instances in that book where there's some kind of hostile action between UFOs and, let's say, our airplanes or, or whatever. The vast majority of them, there is no interaction as far as a you know hostile intent. A lot of times, UFOs just seem to be there watching, watching us, watching mm-hmm. us do our thing. What do you think the World War II Foo Fighters were, Mac? Well, you know, I think they're the same thing as we as we see today. I think they were UFOs, as you know, and um, and I think, I mean, my own 
theory, not my, I didn't create it, but one I believe, I come to believe in, is that because there was this idea that um, the Foo Fighters, when when people would see Foo Fighters, they'd be flying alongside these bombers bombing German cities in the middle of the night and and enduring dogfights and, and things like that. But you know, they just seemed to be there observing. And so that came to my idea that um, you know maybe they're time tourists. You know, maybe they're really time machines coming from our far future, coming back, seeing history being made because they never interfere. They're always just kind of watch, uh, watching. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, his website is his name, linked up at coasttocoastam.com. And the books that you wrote, the uh, three nonfiction books, at least, are they av- quickly available on Amazon? Oh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, UFOs in wartime, Beyond Area 51, and uh, Haunted Universe. I'm going to throw out some lines and tell us a little bit about the stories behind it. King Kong, was it real or not? Well, there was uh, a creature that uh, people saw back, in, I mean, in Africa back, let's say, 150 years ago that, um, you know, maybe wasn't as big as King Kong, but it was a very, very large uh, gorilla. And um, there was some kind of link between the people who wrote the screenplay for King Kong and had some kind of at least knowledge that there was this large creature in Africa. And um, and they think that, well, maybe that's that's kind of the dotted line to the... Uh, to the movie, but yeah, there was there was way back when there was a large, large King Kong, and I mean, a gorilla that might have uh, been the uh, the idea behind King Kong. And bigger than like a super gorilla could be. Yeah, they you know everything gets exaggerated, but yeah, they said it was like really, really unusually big. Interesting, spooky action at a distance. What does that mean? Well, this is something that Einstein came up with. Um, if you and, I, and I'm no physicist, believe me, so I'll try to explain it. Um, if you come up, if you have two atoms that are linked, um, they're they're a pair of atoms. Um, if you if you take, you know, let's say a little hammer and you hit one of them, and it starts vibrating, the other atom will start vibrating as well. Whether they're literally next to each other or they're at opposite ends of the universe. And no one knows why that happens, but um, but it does happen. So uh, that's what uh, that was Einstein's reference to it was spooky action at a distance. The cool name. How about the cursed subways of Tokyo? What what the heck is that? This is true. Um, they built a huge uh, kind of main subway station in the middle of Tokyo, and it took them years to build it. And Tokyo is a very very busy city, and lots of people move around by mass transit. So. Um, I think that it was nine or ten stories high, had many, many dozens of railroad tracks coming into it, and and that and they built it thinking that okay, we're going to probably expand to this level, expand to that level, expand to that level over the coming years. You know, these levels being under more underground as you went along, and they say you know people got caught down there because there was all empty, there wasn't necessarily exits that you could find readily. And so supposedly people have disappeared into those uh, into the new Tokyo subway station. Now let's talk about the United States Navy's super secret Caribbean base. I was in the Navy nine years. I never heard of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's called AUTEC. And um, what it is is um, what its official duty is is they it's where they test uh, nuclear submarines and also uh, the submarine crews and. Um, the strange thing is it is not in the United States itself. It's in uh, the Bahamas. It's right in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle. 
uh, it's, there's a trench between uh, the U.S., continental U.S. and Bahamas, and it, it's, a, it's a place where the submarines can go down to quite a depth and test, uh, you know, um, different electronics and, as I say, crews and everything. But there's a, uh, lots of stories around this place where people see UFOs down there on a regular basis, and they also see USOs down there on a regular basis. Submerged so, UFOs, yeah. Right, and, and see them doing very, very strange stuff, like going very fast underwater, which you know, should be kind of physically impossible. But many, many stories around there and uh, around Autech. And again, it's strange that the Navy built their Area 51 in the Bermuda Triangle. Interesting. What is the very mysterious M tri- Triangle? The M Triangle is a place in uh, in Russia, in the Urals. Okay. It's a, it's a very large, um, let's say, national park. But for a long time, uh, during the uh, when the Russia was the Soviet Union, um, civilians were not allowed in it. And and the reason why is that um, people who would go in there, and it had this uh, reputation over hundreds of years, that if you go in there, you have strange things happen to you. And only um, the Russian military was allowed in, in, in there up until, you know, when the wall fell and so on. And then they started letting journalists and scientists into the place. And... They found all these very strange things. I mean, it's, it's really well documented. Um, you know, once again, routine seeing UFOs, seeing balls of light in the sky. Uh, the animals come up to you. The animals have no fear of humans, even fish. Um, very odd things would happen to some people. They would go in and have different diseases cured, and you, and a lot of people would report coming out a different person. You know, and. I think the most extreme case of this is it was a uh, it was a guy who was kicked out of the Russian army and caught on to be a journalist for a magazine in Moscow. He went and uh, for the he, people who go in there for two weeks, and he happened to go in at the same time a, a reporter from People magazine went in. So they kind of you know keyed in on him, and 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 he was you know no genius in, by his own admission. But when he came out of there, he had a newfound uh, you know knowledge of astrophysics, went back to Moscow, I mean, turned in the story, went back to Moscow, and in, 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 in two years he was a cosmonaut. Now, that's a real-life changing experience. And, and in that. two years, that's it? Yep, yep, yes, yeah. Hey. Yeah. The UFO trail in Chile, tell us that story. Well, once again, it's one of these um, places that, you know, uh, let's say the locals know uh, a lot about. Um, you can go, uh, but not necessarily other parts of the world, you can down it, you go to Chile and go to a very, very remote, remote part of Chile airport and then travel like another 100 miles and you get to the, the UFO Trail. You, it's basically walking up a mountain along a mountain ridge. And, uh, again, it's one of these places where people just see UFOs and strange lights in the sky on a regular basis. Some people think that there is a agenda by aliens to keep us from conquering space. What do you think of that story? Well, they're doing a good job of it. Um, I, I, yeah, who knows, you know? I mean, who knows really what, what is going on? Um, there are a number of instances. There was a time um, back in the 80s uh, through the 90s, right after the Challenger explosion, that you know, it just seems like we couldn't do anything right as far as getting spacecraft uh, off Earth and into the moon and Mars. There are a number of like kind of follow-ups that are really hard to believe. Um, there was a rocket that was uh, an exploration um, rocket that was going to Mars, and when it got halfway there, they only then did they figure out. And this thing cost more than a billion dollars. 
Uh, they figure out that you know half of it was in regular measurements and half of it was in metrics. And um, and then when the when the part that dealt with the metrics kicked in, it, everything went wrong, and they lost uh, touch with it. Crashed onto Mars, one billion dollars down the drain. It just seemed it just seemed like someone would have caught that mistake before there was halfway to Mars. So, and there's just mm-hmm. a, a number of um, different instances where you know, we've tried to. A lot of them are uh, to send spacecraft to Mars. That just some of them just uh, they go out there and you never never hear from them again. So maybe that's what people are referring to. We've got Mac Maloney. We're talking about Mac Maloney's haunted universe. We're going to get into questions next hour with Mac. If you have a uh, question, jump on board or share one of your strange stories with us too. We'd love to hear that. You might get enough stories to write another book, Mac. That'd be that'd be cool. Sure would. Sure would indeed. Have you come across anything about curses in your research? Uh, gee, I, nothing that comes to mind to tell you the truth. You know, um, haunted pl- I, I, ha- haunted places. Haunted places. There's lots of haunted places. We, um, you know, in haunted universe, we go through the most haunted place in every state, and um, some of them like are, are really creepy. Um, oh yeah. I know in Washington, the state of Washington is a high school where, um, you know, one night during a high school play, uh, one of the actresses just died for some reason. Oh, she died there on the stage. And now when people, even now, when people go and, you know, use the auditorium or anything, or anything they see her up in the balcony, they hear her laughing, they hear, hear her clapping and singing the songs she was singing in the play and stuff. And just something about that was, you know, really creepy. That is strange times indeed, Mac, isn't it? Yes, yeah, for sure. How much do you think the CIA knows about UFOs? Well, again, they know more than we do uh, because they have more evidence um, that they exist. Um, You know, I I am convinced, though, that they don't know, no one knows, no one on this earth knows what UFOs are because if if we did know, I don't think we'd be living in this kind of world. I think we'd be living in a different world. And, um, you know, and, and also, I think the, the, the proof in the pudding for, for me is that, um, you know, the President of the United States is supposed to know everything or ask a question and, and he has to be informed on stuff. If the U.S. government knew what UFOs are, I think our past president would have been the first to tweet about it. Yeah, you, <laughs> I think you're right about that. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.